I am Daniel Lukies, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years, and today I have my special guest. He's the author of the novel in the sunrise, no other than Mr. Scott Hoffman. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I wrote Earn Sunrise. I'm a programmer by day. Actually, now lately I've been more in sales. Uh, and um, and I'm working on uh, writing a few other books. Um, but uh, I have wife, kids, family, small hobby farm, like to go camping, like to hike, you know, like to do a lot of things I, I write about in the or that come up in the story or in the sunrise, and I like to read. So, yes. So, writing is your passion. Uh, it's one of them. Uh, one of one of many. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like to. You know, uh, I like I like to write code too. I like to I like to use technology to help people, help business needs. So, but so so what is the big difference of being a programmer or being a writing of a novel? Well, the big difference is, of course, that uh, you you don't have as many rules you need to follow. Uh, they're not as strict. They're more um, uh, loose when you're when you're writing. You have to make something that's interesting for the reader when you write and when you program. You have to come up with a set of instructions that make a computer do what it's supposed to do. Yes. So, what what are your long term and short term goal in writing? So uh, long-term goals is I, I want to write stories that people are going to enjoy, um, but that also that stories that, um, oh, I, I like adventure. I like action, thriller, adventure. I like having characters that uh, work together. Um, I, I've kind of been, I haven't really liked a lot of the, the ways that, um, many, many characters are, they're just, it, it just seems like there's a lot of, uh, oh, a lot of tropes that I've seen in TV and movies over the past 20 years. I try to avoid, I try to, I guess, counter. And, uh, and you know, I like, I like making heroes that are heroic, uh, male or female. And then I like it, like making people who work together, um, and I like making villains that are particularly bad uh, and belie but believable. So um, I'd say that that, in, that, you know, that's pretty high level. But uh, the other thing I like to do is I like to do contemporary stories or stories that I would say um, don't don't fall into the category of fantasy. I, I do like science fiction. So uh, some of my stories might go into that. There, there might be some fantasy aspects of it, but it would be probably more, I would say probably more science fiction is, is what, what I would probably might move into, but that's, that's what I, uh, I'm thinking of doing. So are you the writer that you plan first before you go deep into your story? Um, I outline everything uh, first. So I, I try and sit down and, think about where I want to go 
what what you know what kind of an outcome I want to see, what's going to happen along the way, what are the tension. I, I, I try and I create the different characters, either on paper in my mind or both, um, what their motivations are, what they look like, what uh, weapons they use, whatever it is, you know, where their background is, what motivates them. And uh, and then I, 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 I make all of that and then I start writing and usually I throw about a third of that out. <laughs> and I just make it up as I go along, but it's still it's it's well it's still well within the outline. But uh, I guess I I do uh, I, I'm a little bit of both. Uh, uh, what do they say? A gardener and a um, uh, I forgot the other term, but uh, I, I do a, a what architect. Oh yeah, yeah. So I I do a little bit of both. I start off architecting and then I do a bunch of gardening. Wow. Sounds interesting, Mr. Scott. So before we go on, let's do the recap of the book that we talked about on our last episode, uh, Earn the Sunrise. Oh, sure. So, uh, you know, Earn the Sunrise is a young adult uh, story. It's uh, about a, a girl who experiences loss and she's challenged to uh, deal with threats. She learns to fight and defend herself. Uh, and then another one is a boy who kind of comes from a different background. Uh, he has a lot of problems and he ends up being in a similar place that the girl is where they're, he, he's expected to change his life, his, his thought process, adopt more of a disciplined approach to uh, dealing with life. A lot of it had to do with fighting as well, learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Krav Maga, uh, defensive techniques, and they both end up meeting one another and, and go on, um, I would just say, uh, an adventure, uh, a couple of adventures that they, uh, some, most of it has to do with just dealing with things that crop up in their lives. And, um, there's a little bit of romance and that's, that's basically it. I don't want to give away any more on the story, but, uh, just being, keep in mind that the, it is going to be, um, uh, a lot of a lot of action adventure. It takes place in the Minnesota wilderness of the Boundary Waters, mostly. And um, um, yeah, so there you go. It's, it should be well. The only other thing I can say is it's probably unlike any other action thriller you've ever read. So I do I do pride myself on coming up with I think some original ideas. So I'll just put that out there as well. Yes. So in uh, the sunrise. Is there a sequel or prequel? Uh, I'm working on a sequel to it. Uh, so the, right now the, the story does continue. Um, and there will be... Uh, I don't want to give away too much, but uh, the, you know, I was basing it. Uh, the story was going to be somewhat related to the... Um, oh, the... Uh, the, the Nigerian high school girls that were kidnapped in uh, 2014, I think it was, with, uh, and in Chubik, Nigeria. And so I was going to, I'm loosely basing the story around a rescue for some of those girls. Uh, I think that they, they had a, in real life, they, they went through an incredibly horrendous experience. And I, I'm just surprised there isn't more written about them. <laughs> they, 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 it was just an amazing story. And 
Um, and so I, anyway, I'm going to uh, inject that story into the, you know, the olive and arrow, which is the earn the sunrise series um, characters and how they, um, you know, come up with uh, saving a, um, a, you know, a fictional character, one of the girls who's, I, I came up with a fictional version of her. And, uh, and so that, you know, clearly the whole book is a work of fiction, but it's just going to be based on that real life incident. So if you have the second option for the title of the book, which one uh, do you have it? Do you have a second option? Um, so when you say, you mean like another, a title for it or? Yes. I'll say oh. earn the sunrise or earn the sunset. <laughs> oh, oh, so the, you know, I was thinking, all right. So I was, in the next title, I would probably, I haven't, I haven't figured out a title yet. Um, but I was thinking of having the, the, I definitely want to have the name Sambisa in it because that's the name of the forest in Nigeria where Boko Haram hides out in. And that's where a large part of the story is going to take place. I think that's going to tell readers that may not be familiar with the story, what it's going to cover. So maybe something like Sambisa Sunrise, you know, so that way it's tied it back to the Earn the Sunrise. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I haven't, I wanted to, uh, I, I need to finish writing it in order to make sure I can't think of a better title, right? I mean, I need to, there might be something that's said or something that comes up, or I might make a great literary reference that uh, I like better. But at this point, that I think that's what that's what I'm leaning toward is having Sam Beast in the title. Yes. So, um, Mr. Scott, let's take about your books that you read. So which books that we going to talk about today? So I've read uh, Dylan West. I've read two of his books. One was The Scribe's Descent. And then the other one was that's in the same world. But yet it's it's more of a, I would call it a middle grade book. It's the Emulsification. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Emulsification. I'm sorry. I keep. Yeah. And I, and I, and I don't mean to. Yeah. So I um, but the. So I've read both books and um, the, the, you know, Scribes of Sin is a young adult um, science fiction uh, fantasy. I put it in the category of both. There's science fiction in it and some fantasy. Uh, and then, of course, the, um, the other one is, is also a book that um, it takes place in the same world. It's more middle grade. And, um, and so as a result of that, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not as, it's a shorter book, um, a little faster moving, uh, and it's designed for the younger reader. Yes. So Scribe's Descent, how did you like it? So in Scribe's Descent, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the story. Um, it's what I love about a couple things. I mean, uh, first of all, it's a young adult fantasy science fiction novel that doesn't have a bunch of elves and orcs and everything else in it that it seems like is very common these days it's become a trope almost that uh if you if you're doing fantasy it's going to have it's it's going to be either what a um uh vampires or went from vampires and now it's more like you know the orcs and the uh elves and dwarves and um and it doesn't have any of that it's a completely new and different world so 
uh, the, the thing is, is that I think that's a very refreshing difference. Um, the the other thing that I, I enjoyed about it was that the the, the characters were um, they work together a lot. I, I mean, I, in general, I like that. Um, it he has also also worked out an entire world um, or world building, I guess, if you will, that. Um, ties it all together. So you can tell that there's a lot going on or he's got, he's worked out things like, oh, the cultural um, ceremonies that they perform. Um, he's worked out a language. Um, you know, they have catchphrases there. There's different religions that these people and these different cultures have and they and and so that affects how they deal with one another so it's all very uh um intellectually uh compelling in terms of how these people deal with one another it's very interesting and then of course there's this a major science fiction aspect to it uh you know the these these cultures have uh advancements that are um i would say they're mostly more advanced than our current um, you know, where we're at. So you, you're seeing a lot of things that are go beyond what, um, you know, what we see in our society. So if you want to describe uh, Mr. Dylan West writing, what is it? So um, that's tough to say. Like, uh, like um, I don't, I can't think of an author that he imitates per se, other than I mean, I know, and I know this only from, you know, hearing his interview and, and, and talking to him, but he, you know, he's definitely uh, influenced by Brendan Sanderson. Um, I, I would say that, uh, you know, in, in Sanderson's novels, there's an incredible, I mean, in, in a similar way, there's a, Sanderson does a, a lot of world building and covering a lot of the different aspects. The, the you know how these people and in, in these different cultures that live together in the same um you know territory how they interact with one another what their some of their uh cultural uh nuances are and so dylan does that he in inscribes the scene he has a lot of that so i'd say that you know off the top of my head that's the, that's really the author I was thinking of. And, and it's probably true just because I know that Dylan is, is a big Sanderson fan as well. Yes, definitely. So before we go on, Mr. Scott, I want to shout out to the people listening in China. Oh, thank you so much, China, for listening to this podcast in Yunnan. I got 50%. And yawning at 50%. Thank you, China, for uh, supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world, like Mr. Scott Hoffman. Describe this and what do you think the best highlight? So the, the thing I kind of like about it is um, my favorite part was toward the end. It got uh, more and more compelling as the story went on, you begin to see Mallory, who's the main character, begin to experience um, a lot more challenges. And then she steps up to that. Uh, you, 
the other thing is, is you, you, you see her act in ways that are, are consistent with her age, with her, um, mental well-being. There's, there's a, a lot of danger that she goes through, you know, challenges she rises to, dangerous situations she's put in. So, uh, it, it makes the story move a lot faster at that point. So I, I, that's probably my favorite part of the story is, is the latter part. So what do you think Mr. Dillon was put in scribe design that readers glued to it? What well, what's in it that that would that readers are, would are, are glued to it or what would make them like this novel? Yes. Um so I would say that uh he does a great job of uh escalating the story and making it so that uh uh, well, you have characters that you begin to care about. The main character is very likable and you begin to uh, want to see her succeed. And then you begin to see, you know, her go through some um, very difficult challenges. So that that builds up in it. I think that's what people are going to like. I think the other thing about it is that it's unlike any other story, I believe, that's out there. I mean, I can't, I'm not a, yeah, you know, I would say I'm probably a casual reader in the um, young adult science fiction fantasy genre. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with what's out there. I My kids all read it. My wife reads it. Uh, and I've, I've read a number of stories. I've read a lot of Sanderson and, and some of the other um, young adult stories that they read. But I don't recall reading anything that you know, is like this story. So it's, it's very different. Uh, the world is, is, is a very different world and it's complicated and um, detailed enough to make it so that you're, you're not gonna, um, as a reader, I think you're going to find it to be interesting just from that alone. So the world is interesting. Uh, they have some, uh, in the same way that I suppose in a Sanderson novel, you care about the characters, but you care about the world as well. He definitely puts a lot of time into it. And it's clear that uh, Dylan has put his time into uh, developing that as well, to developing the the world that they're in. I mean, I, as I recall from one of the interviews, I think the interview you did with him, he, he claims to have written um, five books on this. So, I mean, <laughs> he's spent, what is it? I don't know how many years doing it. He's basically written an entire series and uh you know all all at once and so now you you know now that he's done that you had he has a very clear uh way of of seeing where everything's going or what they can do or and he's able to write stories that are consistent with his canon make it so that these characters act in a way that you would expect and and ultimately there's um you know, he has some kind of end game in, in mind. You know, that's a, I know a lot of authors, uh, you know, talk about writing the, they, they start from the ending and they work backwards. I do that to some extent. I kind of, I, I you know, I, I not quite, I just think of, you know, first I, that comes to mind as I say, all right, I want this circumstance to happen and it to end this way. And then I start to outline and I work back from that where, it, whereas, you know, here with, uh, with Dylan's work, he's got five books worth of that. So he knows uh, he's able to put, you know, put together a much more grandiose story. Yes, very well said, Mr. Scott. What do you think 
the flaws of scribes descent the flaws um all right so i would say that there there's a couple things i i i just thought there was in the beginning it it did i thought it went a little long into a couple things um and that kind of slowed it down a little like uh um you know, just being totally truthful, I, I thought that, uh, like, there was a, uh, well, I don't want to give anyone any spoilers, but there was a ceremony, and it seemed like, I think what Dylan was trying to do is show how the different cultures handled death and handled um, life and some of these bigger, you know, types of situations. And so we he went into a lot of the ceremony that eh, just seemed a little long, maybe, Um because we, you know, we had a lot of action going on, and then we had that. Um, the I think the only other thing I can think of, and I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm not saying this is a, you know, I'm just trying to. I guess I, you know, as a flaw is it a flaw, or is it something that maybe could have been improved, uh, and and maybe he's handling it in the next book. But it's just the one thing I was thinking of is that he had another character who was a friend of. Uh, Mallory, the main character named Leah. And, uh, and she's, she plays a major role in the beginning, but then, but then um, she's not really all that much included in the latter part of the book. And I have a feeling that uh, it's just because the story ended. Um, clearly, there's another, I mean, the, the story is going to continue on. And, and I suspect Leah is going to come back in, in, in the next story. But it's just, I just were introduced to this character and then uh, and she seemed fairly interesting and a big part of um, Mallory's life, but then we don't really see much about her, uh, you know, in the latter part of the book. Um, but other than that, I, I didn't really uh, think there were, I mean, I, I would just, I wouldn't even really call those flaws, maybe, you know, opportunities to, you know, that maybe you could have made it move a little faster and maybe make a, you know, I don't know. That's just, that's the only thing I could think of. But again, it's not anything that I was sitting there as I was reading it, thinking to myself, you know, this is something that is, is uh, going to make it so that it, you know, it, it's going to doom the story. I mean, you see these same types of, of um, literary uh, differences in, in say, you know, someone like a Sanderson, he, you know, he will uh, put a lot of time into, you know, developing worlds and, and show you into these different ceremonies and things. And you don't really know when you're reading it, why it ties in. Sometimes you'll see characters get introduced and you won't see much about them until the next book. So, um, but that would be the only thing I can think of. Yes. So before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Food 101, on our third season with Chef Alessandro, one of the executive chefs in one of the Five Star Hotel in downtown Toronto. Plus, I have a uh, upcoming new podcast this coming June, Comedy 101, with Mr. Mike Lucas, one of the best comedian of all time. So please do uh, check it out this coming June. So, Mr. Scott, you as being an indie author, what are the pros and cons 
Well, the pro, I would say the biggest pro is that I can, I can write a story without any, anybody, um, trying to change the story. I I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. And I, and I don't have the time, uh, to wait. So if I was to go with a traditional publisher, once I finish the book, it's probably going to be 18 months before it's actually going to get into anybody's hand. Whereas when I finish a book as an indie author, I can, uh, you know, like the way I work is I, I would, I would go find an editor and, and have them go through it and then, you know, look for, you know, help me fix up some of the things, uh, grammatically grammatical errors or possibly other errors in terms of, a um, flow or, um, character development or whatever it may be. The point is, you know, what an editor does having, you know, a second set of eyes helping you out. And then I would, I make a cover and then, um, and I do that. I, I don't have the, <laughs> the, the talent to, to do that. So I, I pay someone to do that. And then I can put it out onto, uh, in, out in, you know, in, in the marketplace within a day after doing that. So the, um, I think that's a, that's a huge advantage. So that means, you know, what, and what that means in terms of time, if you, if you did it right, you could probably get a book published, uh, say a week or two after you get done writing it, depending on how you, you know, commission the cover and how you, uh, you know, work with your editor. So th th I think that's a tremendous benefit, not having, uh, if you, if you went with a traditional publisher, you've got, they're only going to let you write something that is going to be close to what they think will work. And they're going to, um, I guess, call the material based upon their own sensibilities. Unless you're a, 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 an established author, then they'd probably give you more autonomy in what you want to write. But if you're a new author, they're going to, they're going to take, um, it's almost a parrot. I think it's a paradoxical issue there. They, they brought you on because you came up with a new and fresh and innovative idea, although it's probably similar to something that sold well recently, but then they're going to want you to make it just like that other thing that sold really well just recently. So they're going to, they're going to keep pushing you in that direction. And um, as opposed to letting you really, um, well, uh, you know, put it, create material that, that you want to create. So I think that's the biggest thing is, you, you know, you've got autonomy and speed to market. Yes. So what is your aspiring message for those aspiring writers out there to want to publish their story? So <clears throat> the, um, I I wrote my I actually I wrote another book back in 2003 and that was a, a a nonfiction book and at the time I wrote it I had a lot of other writing opportunities I didn't really enjoy it I and I, and plus I was I was working full time so it wasn't something I was really interested in continuing on with and and around that same time period I got to thinking well it'd be really fun to write a fiction the story. And I had some ideas and I never did them because writing nonfiction and I was writing computer books. So, and, and, you know, editing them and, 
uh, writing white papers and things like that. You have to write in a very dry and um, you're writing works that are intended to be reference material, right? So it's, it's um, the, you know, there were style guides I had to follow to, to make the, the language fit in with the style of the books in general. It's just very pedantic and um, dry and, and there, there, would, it was, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for creativeness. And I, and, but I thought to myself, I just couldn't, I've read other, at the time I, re I read another book by an author who had classically done a lot of nonfiction and, and then he wrote a, a, a novel and it, and it was very stilted and in stiff and it didn't read well. And I thought that's probably what I would produce. And so I never, I, I didn't try it until, you know, a couple of years ago. So basically I'd spent 20 years thinking about it, not doing anything. So to the aspiring writer, I would say, yeah, go for it and do it. And, and your first draft is going to be crap and uh, don't let that stop you. I, I ended up, I edited, I wrote, I, I, I wrote Earn the Sunrise and then I revised it about 13 times. And, um, and yeah, it's a lot of work. Uh, but again, uh, I'm glad I did it. I, I'm much better of a writer now uh, because I did it. And um, I know the next time, you, uh, you know, that I actually, uh, when I get the next one, or it's going, I'm going to be able to write the next one a lot faster, a lot better. Uh, I'm going to be able to draw more, ten put more tension in. I think I'll, I'll have my characters develop better. I'll have a faster story. So uh, you'll, you'll just get better with your craft. So you just got to go, go out there and do it. I would say that's number one. And then number two, um, you know, make sure that you, you study up and read. There's a lot of authors who've written books about how to write books. And uh, I learned a lot by uh, reading those books, by studying other authors. Um, and the, I, I, I would say now don't even go with the, I mean, I think uh, a lot of people I hear, they, you know, they're going to go and, oh, they're going to go after the well-known authors who wrote a book about it. But, you know, I, like one of the best books I read was uh, one by James Scott Bell called How to Write Dazzling Dialogue, The Fastest Way to Improve Any Manuscript. And, yeah, I don't know that he's, I don't think he's a particularly famous author, but, you know, the, like Stephen King wrote a, a book on how to write books. And, and a lot of people, I think, would gravitate to that. I don't know that's a bad book. I'm just saying that, you know, the, the you know, James Scott Bell's book, I think, is an excellent book. And, and he's, I don't think he's that uh, well known of an author. Um, I've read Orson Scott Card's book on how to develop characters. Uh, and then, of course, Brendan Sanderson has a um, he has a, uh, you know, he puts his, he teaches at Brigham Young University and he puts all of his, his creative writing course on YouTube for free. So you can, there's probably about 10 years of classes you could go and watch and it doesn't even cost anything. You get, and he would lecture, uh, about how to write his stories. Um, another one I read was, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Cleland. Um, I'm trying to find the, the book here. I'm afraid I don't, I don't want to cite her, but I can't seem to find it fairly. <laughs> I can't find it quickly. <laughs> but anyway, my only point is, is that there's a lot of material out there. So 
is your first time writing probably isn't going to be that good. Just expect that and study up and then, um, you know, get some help out there. Get to, uh, you know, read, read what it takes to write better dialogue, to write a better story, and then uh, hire an editor to help you get even better. I know that, that Dylan uses uh, other more, um, there's, there's other options out there where you can read other people's stuff and, and then, and then build up karma points and then other people will read your stuff and give you, uh, comments. And that, that's, uh, I think I haven't done that. Um, but that, that, that's another option. If you, if you don't want to spend money, my, probably my biggest issue is, is time. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you think that, uh, practice make you better in the process? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So, the, um, you know, the, what you're going to do is things that I had to teach myself how to start writing, how to start thinking about what the characters would say, but also think about what the reader is going to hear. You want to make something believable, but at the same time, uh, people also want to read about amazing people, right? So, yeah, uh, you're if if a character is doing something boring like, oh, I don't know, a bunch of accounting, you're not going to sit there and and describe it because it's real. No one cares. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so you do have to put in. You have to make characters interesting, and you have to focus on the parts that are going to keep your reader uh, interested. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure that there's uh, uh, some degree of um, conflict. Uh, at all times, and, and, and the conflict can mean in different ways. It's just you can't have just something that's going to read uh, without something that's going to keep your reader interested. And, and I guess thinking about that was something I learned in by writing and rewriting and then listening, reading my writing aloud uh, or having beta readers uh, give some feedback. And, then um, you know, so... I would say that, the, you know, the, the definitely the more you write, the better you're going to get. So, yes, very well said, Mr. Scott. So, in the sunrise, give us the best highlight. Oh, the best highlight. I would say that uh, I think there's a, a, a few powerful parts in the book. I think one of them is, uh, I, I'm not going to give any spoilers, so I'm going to be purposefully vague, but you definitely have a situation where Avery, the, uh, the main, uh, female protagonist finally gets, um, is able to, she gets to the point where she threatens, um, one of the main antagonists. Uh, that was, I think a very powerful scene. Um, a lot of people really liked, I didn't really think about this when I wrote it, that this would be the case, but a lot of people really liked Colin's mentor. Colin is a main character and um, his mentor is a retired Navy SEAL named uh, Bud Slaughter. And uh, Bud is, seemed to resonate with a lot of my readers. They really like him. So, um, you know, you're going to see some, you're going to see some scenes that can be pretty graphic uh, with some blood and guts and um, fighting. So I would just say that I think those are some of the more powerful scenes personally. Yes. So 
Mr. Scott, can you invite our listeners to buy Earn the Sun, Earn the Sunrise? Yes, so, yes, I appreciate that. Um, I would say uh, if you can, uh, the, right now I only publish it through uh, Kindle um, on, on Amazon. So you can get the ebook or you, if you have Kindle Unlimited, then you can, uh, your, your Kindle subscription already covers it. And so you can read it for, you know, without having to spend anything more. It's available as an ebook or as a uh, paperback on Amazon. So uh, if you do a search for Earn the Sunrise, you're sure to find it. Um, would really appreciate if you go there and check it out. Yes, people, let's support Mr. Scott Hoffman because if you support him, he will give his best and more books to come. Right on. Yeah. I, it's hard to do this when you're, uh, if you don't make any money, it makes it more difficult. So, Mr. Scott, thank you for your time. Oh, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate the taking the time and uh, appreciate your listeners listening in and, and including the folks in China. Appreciate you. Uh, listening in. Thanks so much. Yes, yes. Ni hao ma China Mandarin. Morgan people, see you soon.